Welcome to the Transmission PR Podcast with me, your host, Abby Hawker. Whether you are an individual, agency, or organization looking to improve your understanding of how best to interact with a gender diverse audience, you want to improve the way you engage with trans and non-binary people, or you find yourself in the midst of a crisis, the Transmission PR Podcast can help. Join some of the leading names in diversity and inclusion for their five top tips on a range of topics and empower yourself with the tools you need to join the conversation. Stonewall's 2022 Changemaker of the Year, Bobby Picard, is a woman on a mission. Here she talks to me about the incredible work she's doing behind the scenes to change the narrative for trans and non-binary people at a corporate level and beyond. Hello, Bobby. It's absolutely lovely to have you with us today. I wondered if you wouldn't mind spending a second or two introducing yourself and telling us a bit about why you are here. Yeah, thanks, Abby. Really, really lovely um, to be here talking to you. Um, So I'm Bobby Pickard. I am chief executive of an organisation called Trans in the City, which is uh, the world's largest corporate collaboration on trans and non-binary awareness. Um, And I speak across the world to um, governments and organisations and charities about um, trans and non-binary people and how to um, give them a space, a positive space in business and society. Um, I'm also a patron of FLAG, um, which is a wonderful charity um, in the UK. I'm an ambassador for Mind Out. I am a golden champion for Stonewall Housing, um, diversity role model. I'm on the Council for Advertising um, and I'm on the chair for Chippen and Pride, which is our first, first Pride this year, which hopefully should be fab. So you're a busy lady then? I am a busy lady. I'm trying to be less busy, you know. I, I So I stopped doing 12 organisations last year and just kept these ones. And, I, and, 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 you know, I probably need to give myself a bit more space as well because it's, um, um, especially with, with things that are happening in the UK and, um, and the US, it kind of, kind of gets to the stage where you need a bit of time for your own self self-care as well so so I need to start I need to start thinking a bit about that as well I think that's absolutely <laughs> excellent advice now you just have to take it a little bit <laughs> well the reason I wanted to chat with you today in spite of your many many things that you fingers various things that you have in multiple pies um I wanted to chat with you because you and I have been speaking over the past kind of I guess a year or so about the role of trans in the city and the interest um passion that you're seeing coming from the corporate world and big organizations who are really keen to be involved in this space and to be a, who are keen to be able to better understand and I wondered if we could talk a little bit about that because obviously we seem to be having there are multiple narratives going on at the minute there's all of the stuff coming out of the government, we have the the narrative being pushed by the media and it's all incredibly negative. And then on the other hand, you have these big businesses who are seem to be hugely, a lot of them, not all of them, seem to be hugely progressive and keen to kind of dive in and get involved. And um, I wondered if perhaps you could chat us through your experiences and your understanding of why that might be. Yeah, thank you. You know, it's it's one of my huge frustrations, actually, is I work with big businesses almost um, 
without exception, every single big global corporate understands the importance of diversity and understands the importance of including everybody. And that includes trans people. And they're very, very uh, open and progressive to understanding and implementing best practices to make sure that their trans and non-binary and gender expansive employees and colleagues and customers and contractors are all able to work effectively and they get the best out of those people so so they are hugely hugely progressive um and they're absolutely pushing forward with that really inclusive agenda and i find it so frustrating that the government is not only not in that position but they're heading off in a completely different position you know the completely different direction of exclusion and shutting down diversity and not appreciating the the huge benefits we get not just from including trans and non-binary people but by letting everybody feel included to be out in the wider sense in their employment and in society and you know you just get so much more productivity you get so much more satisfaction better workers better societies just by having inclusion at the heart of it and it frustrates the hell out of me um, that we're just seeing all of this rhetoric and rubbish from certain parts of the government it just seems illogical doesn't it because if it boils down to, I mean, apart from it being the right thing to do to be inclusive of everybody and to be able to kind of just have that cross-section of society from a increased productivity perspective, from an increased ability to see the world through the eyes of the people that you're trying to sell to, ultimately it, it, it comes down to money in many ways, especially when you're talking about, especially when you're talking about talking about corporates. And I sort of, I don't really understand the logic of that. I don't understand why there would be, you know, the big companies that understand the financial benefits are speaking one voice. And then, you know, you have these other groups who are speaking with a very different voice, which isn't aligned with the, you know, the money. (laughs) So if you boil it down. Sometimes, People are motivated in business by the right thing, doing the right thing. Um, And certainly there's huge, huge amounts of of people that I come across in business that are very passionate about doing the right thing. But the bottom line is exactly like you say, business do things because they get return on investment. That's That's the reason that they're in business is to do something and get more money back for the thing that they're doing. Otherwise, you may as well just shove your money in a bank account and just go and sit on the beach and get the interest. Um, So businesses would not be passionate about diversity and inclusion unless it was good business. And, you know, I think actually, I think we're starting to see the truth of it. You know, I think we, we have, there are people in the government and there are people in Westminster that are that hugely get it and are um, absolutely keen on diversity diversity and inclusion 
unfortunately, the people that we're seeing in key positions, like Kemi Badenoch, are absolutely against diversity and inclusion and absolutely vehemently against trans and non-binary people. Um, and we've seen over the last, especially over the last sort of six or seven years, a very firm push from the government to exclude trans people, create this culture war, create all this hysterical, um, made up rubbish that we're seeing about trans people. And let's bear in mind, they're 0.5% of the population that have declared that they're trans or non-binary. It's likely to be more because, you know, during the census, again, there was a huge um, push on trans and non-binary people not to declare who they are and, and just, you know, remain hidden. I think we've seen, especially in the last week from, from people like Ian Anderson, that, you know, Ian is um, a very astute businessman. He is completely aware of the benefits of diversity and inclusion. And, you know, up to this week has been a very staunch conservative. Um, and yet even he has reached the stage now of resigning from the Conservative Party over their position on trans and non-binary people and LGBTQIA rights, because they're just using it as a smokescreen to hide some of the other deficiencies um, in what's happening. I think that's the point, isn't it? It's, it, it, it's, it was interesting to to live through oh, the um, safe to be me. Hugely, I mean, it's it's. Yes, I mean, as, as usual, there's 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 loads about that 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 I did and trends in the city did that we we just haven't talked about because that's kind. Of, I mean, you you know me as well as anybody, and and um and how fantastically useless I am about promotion promotion and social social media and all the rest of stuff you know no but I'd like yeah I think it's important let's let's kind of chat about that just a little bit and just remind the listeners you know what actually happened safe to be me was a um a conference that actually the government promised a, a long long time ago um and was linked to their um European Court of Human Rights um leadership at the time to really highlight the positive things about the LGBTQIA community. That as a concept for a, um, a nation to do that, I think is hugely, hugely positive. Fantastic. I love the idea completely. The problem is that if you have a narrative in a government that's the opposite of that, constantly for years preceding that, then that's just a hypocritical mess, actually, for want of a better term. Um, they didn't engage very many people in the LGBTQIA community. They engaged Stonewall, um, which is obviously a huge plus. But again, you know, it's however fantastic Stonewall are, it's not very imaginative, is it, only to engage the biggest LGBTQIA charity, you know, there's, there's lots of other parts to the LGBTQIA charity that, that perhaps have more specific um, knowledge. Well, it's sort of, it, 
it's evidence of tokenism, isn't it? Oh, it is. Oh, the lack of the lack of effort, the lack of kind of desire to speak to all of the different stakeholders and to kind of truly understand. Okay, well, it's really fundamental point of communications. What is it we are trying to achieve here? Who are our stakeholders? Absolutely. What? How do we engage with them? What is it they want to see? What is it we need to listen to? Absolutely, and you know, we they they formed their uh, little round table of of uh council there was only one trans woman on there who's 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 actually a really um lovely amazing person um but by her own admission you know she didn't know the issues she you know she didn't have enough information to be able to to really participate in that council at the minute and she was there because she was a a, a friend of um of Lord Herbert that was arranging it, who, you know, I know is an ally and was arranging it for the best reasons, but again, was trying to arrange it in the the worst situation, I think, for LGBTQIA people and was just, I think, completely oblivious to that fact. Um, So, I mean, you know, we, we, um, uh, it was was almost a year ago, I think, you know, we sent out... uh, a tweet um, after trying to contact the government and Lord Herbert and everybody for a, for a long, long time, months and months, um, and as usual, we're completely ignored because we're just a we're just a, a bunch of bunch of trans people that have no no um, uh, nothing interesting to say. I think is is what the government sees trans in the city as. We sent a, a text out um, a tweet. Um, expressing our concerns and saying that you know corporate people should really look at the impact on their own um values and uh on their own dni ambitions um and i think at that stage that tweet i think woke up our corporate members to to our concerns and i think lots of them pulled out of of potential sponsorship for the event and obviously at that stage then the government was really interested in talking to us and getting us on side was was the um, involvement by the corporates prior to that was it quite significant was there a lot of interest in being part of it i think there was cautious interest you know i think you, you know, people in corporates people seem to think seem to see corporates as you know this sort of big um I don't know, just like sort of, you know, a completely different world that's mm. that's that's just one sort of being. But it's not. It's made up of LGBTQ people and it's mm. made up of, of loads of other people. And of course, everybody knows where it is. It just depends with the corporate whether a person because you know it's return on investment and risk and knowledge. Awesome. That's the that's the triangle of of business decisions, really. Um and I guess, you know our tweet put the knowledge in case in place there um and 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 that tipped the risk but you sort of it's almost like the government needs to emulate business in well, the way funny in that, which isn't it, it you kind of think that was pretty <laughs> bloody obvious wouldn't you really <laughs> you know? but yes they do they need to emulate business they just need to talk to business you know we we um the year before got 177 global corporates together 
to say your direction on trans and non-binary people's rights is not right. You're heading in a different direction to big business. Please come and talk to us. And they didn't even bother responding to that. They didn't respond to that letter from 177 global corporates like Google, you know, like like all of these huge, huge companies. And they just ignored it, um, which I think sort of sums up their attitude to LGBTQIA people. Even at Safe to Be Me, you know, so um, I went along to some of the meetings. I got a huge, um, I was going to say abuse is too strong a word, but it was quite an abusive meeting that I went along to, actually. They were quite aggressive. Um, and I thought rude in the meeting themselves, um, you know, with the, uh, uh, you know, I got huge, huge pressure from people inside government. I had a member of parliament phone me up and basically tell me to to shut up, stop posting on social media and um, um, and just toe the line and support the conference. Um, I got um, and that was kind of the whole thing. It was kind of that, you know, you're just being a troublemaker when it was completely the opposite. We just wanted to try and get them to engage. And I spent huge, huge amounts of effort this time last year. I spent, I don't know, eight or nine weeks, I think, of working seven days a week, 18 hour days. I brought together 19 of the UK's trans organisations with the government. And, you know, some of those meetings with the government were just, people were just so ill-informed and frankly, are just offensive by some of the things that they were saying, not intentionally, but just because they were so ignorant of trans and non-binary people. We brought 19 of them together. We actually came up with a solution of how we could work with the government, with all of these trans organisations, you know, and get a trans and non-binary voice in the Safe to Be Me conference. Um, you know, and that's with 19, yeah, I'm sure you know, with working with those 19 organisations, some of them were business focused, like Trans in the City, some of them middle, some of them were real torches and, and pitchforks activists, um, which I do love, actually. Um, but, you know, there's huge differences in opinion of what we should be doing, Um so it took a load, a load of work and a load of work convincing the, the, the people in the government. We came to a solution. One of the agreements was that um, um, I didn't want trans in the city to be put forward as like the saviour. So I wanted no mention of trans in the city um, working with them. You know, as usual, we just wanted to do stuff in the background. Um, and... I was actually doing a talk up at Birmingham, but um, um, uh, in a city um, college in Birmingham. So I was out for the whole day. The day afterwards, we'd all agreed. Um, turned my phone back on after six hours of talking to like 900 messages. Um, and, you know, the government had posted all across their social media that Trans in the City had been working with them. Um, so that had to be rolled back. And then out of the blue came that whole thing of, of excluding trans people from excluding trans people from um, the conversion therapy bill. 
So the whole thing fell apart. And I just can't help thinking after all of that work. And, you know, the, the Government Equalities Office were fantastic. They are fantastic allies. So I think the government civil service get it. I think it's the ministerial level that really have an agenda to roll back LGBTQIA rights. I think the thing is that there's so much right wing funding coming from America and so many people in power in now in the media and in the heads of civil service like the the um, um, Equalities and the Human Rights Commission um, that want to roll back not just trans rights and non-binary people's rights, not that actually that non-binary people have as many rights as, as trans people, but, you know, they want to push back on LGBTQIA rights. They want to push back on abortion rights. They want to push back on rights for for refugees, they want to push back on rights for, for people of diverse abilities. And it's, you know, I can't understand why the people of this country, that I think if you spoke to them in the streets, would want this country to be progressive and open and inclusive. I can't understand why, first of all, the people in this country are so blind to the fact that they're being sold a pup by the media. You know, the Times printing 332 anti-trans articles in, in 2021. In the last um, few days after the tragic death of Brianna, the Times published five anti-trans articles. It's, it's just disgusting. I can't understand why the British public are so blind to the fact that they're being sold this lie. And I can't understand why the British public are being so apathetic about it, even when they do find out. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm being very militant today, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good to hear your militant side. So to spin it slightly and yeah. to bring it back to kind of the what can we do side of things and, you know, what can we learn Again, looking at the success of Trans in the City, because you are making massive inroads. The work that you're doing is, you know, resonating. People are listening. Important people in inverted commas are listening to what you have to say. Let's ignore those that aren't listening right now, because, you know. <laughs> I guess, how can we build on that momentum, the, the positive, the kind of um, progressive, the, those that are interested and open and willing to learn how can we kind of build on that other than continuing with the education piece with, you know, obviously trans in the city going in and talking to these corporates and getting them involved? How can we kind yeah. of, I guess, um, boost that even further? What's the sort of plan? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, trans in the city is a different organization, I guess, to, to actually almost any other organization I, that, that I've come across. And it takes people a, a little little while to get their head around it. You know, loads of people come to me and sort of say, give me a job. What can I do? And that's not kind of what we what we do, you know, because we're a collaboration. We're a collaboration of organizations. Um, but we're also a collaboration of individuals. I never wanted it. I never wanted Trans in the City to be the Bobby Pickard show. And I think... Certainly at the end of, of 2021, it was really 
starting to turn into the Bobby Pickard chair. And I'm, I'm really keen for it not to be that because my voice represents me. It doesn't represent anybody else, you know. Um, it doesn't represent any other trans women. It doesn't certainly doesn't represent non-binary people. And, and their voices are just as valid as mine, you know, um, in lots of ways, actually. You know, they're more valid than mine. You know, I'm 54 years old. There's little point now changing the country to meet my needs as a trans woman, because to make the change is going to be 10 years to get that done. So what is the point in changing? What's the point in listening to me on what I think the country should be? What we should be doing is listening to trans and non-binary people that are 18 and younger and you know in their 20s and finding out what they want trans and non-binary inclusion to be so I'm really conscious that that while it's positive that that people want to talk to me what I'd really prefer is people go and listen to to young trans and non-binary people education is is the key you know it's the key to making things better and it's you know it's people are always surprised when they come to me and they you know they expect some great huge overarching strategy for trans in the city some great you know long-term plan or I've got it uh, you know, planned out that we, you know, start off doing this and then we end up with a private island and jets and we're all on the all on the beach and all that sort of stuff by 30 years time. But the bottom line is education and awareness are absolutely key. And the strategy that of trans in the city is really, really simple. We need to raise across every single organisation the level of trans awareness up to the level of that trans 101, that basic foundation. So people know that being trans is perfectly natural and being trans is positive and trans people are not a threat and they don't affect women's rights. And just like every other diversity, they deserve a place and they create a positive environment for everybody. And that's what we need to do. So there isn't any, there's no low hanging fruit. There's no quick wins. There's no easy solutions. All there is, is hard work constantly to push that awareness so every single organisation and every single person in our society feels their void of knowledge and gets to the stage where they can look at those lies that are being printed in the media and go, well, that's rubbish. You know, and if we can get to that stage, then we'll have created the launch pad for the trans and non-binary champions of the future and they can take it wherever they want to be the truth of the matter is that when people stop believing it the journalists will stop writing it they will absolutely they will they absolutely will and politicians 
we'll stop trying to use it as a weapon, you know, and that's all we need to do, <laughs> you know, and it's, and there's different ways we're, we're going to try and do that. You know, we're working with a couple of fantastic organizations, Global Butterflies and, and Call to Be Trans to create an e-learning set of packages. Um, and, you know, the great thing about trans in the city is, um, and again, you know, I designed it to be this way. I, I didn't want it to be another Stonewall where, you know, I don't, I don't need to recreate Stonewall. Stonewall is already there and doing a fantastic job. I don't want to be there having to have an organisation with a budget to be able to get trans awareness. I just want everybody to have it. So it's, it's, I specifically designed it so we can get money in, we can create stuff for free by collaborating, and then we can just give it free. So this e-learning package that we're putting together with, with Global Butterflies and Call to Be Trans will be phenomenal. We've got just about every amazing trans role model um, being involved with it. Um, it will be, I think, a snapshot in time on where we're at with trans awareness um, and where we're at as a trans non-binary community. And we'll be giving that away free. And ultimately what you're doing is you're laying that groundwork so that people, because we often find this, we often find we'll go into an organization and we'll talk to them about what their communications challenges might be in this area. And sometimes they don't even have the basic level of understanding in terms of the knowledge of the language, sorry. Um, and that is just, you know, plugging that gap, as you say, is the crucial first step. Once that's done, we can actually start to build, you know, on on all of the important bits. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and and you know, it's it's plugging that that gap. Because I get a load of um I get lots of um pushback from LGBTQIA people saying that, you know, I'm taking away money from those people that are training in trans and non-binary awareness and all the rest of the stuff. Um, and I'm not, <laughs> you know, the money isn't in Trans 101. The money, if people want to earn money on, on training at corporates, it's in consultancy and it's in deeper ways to really integrate trans and non-binary people into, into business. That's where the longer term um, and greater gains are, you know. Almost all of the training that we've done has just been mostly me for the last four years anyway so you know and I've, I've given my time away free but but um most of the training packages I ask for a donation to charity um and I think we've just gone over the 450,000 pound mark for LGBTQIA charities which is brilliant you know it's the whole it's, it's something I'm really you know I don't I don't really do proud uh, is something that actually I'm really happy and proud about. It's, you know, I can see the difference. You know, we've we've got some amazing charities that we've helped. I really like that grassroots. Um, you know, you can give. I think one year we gave I don't know a hundred thousand pounds to mermaids or whatever. I think we raised or whatever. But and that's brilliant, and that enabled them. I hope to do loads and loads of of really great things. But there. But on the flip side, you can give 
£2,000 to Good Vibes in Swansea, who are a, a tiny little charity. The last time I went to see them, they were having a whip round for cakes. Um, and, you know, they're looking after young trans and non-binary people from around the area. If you give £2,000 to an organisation like that, it just transforms what they can do. Yeah, I just like feeling that I can just kind of make a difference. Because lots of the time it feels like I'm, I can't make a difference. So little bits and pieces like that just feels like that we're doing doing something good. I think, you know, that's just it, isn't it? Um, it's a big job. It's a big mountain to climb, you know, and, and some days it feels too big. And, you know, I can't even imagine how it must feel being a member of the community when this stuff is going on. But, um, you know, we all chip it together. I think that um yeah we will do I mean and you know I mean that's why we're all here and it's 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 one of those um it's one of those things actually it's 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 almost like a double-edged sword actually because people sort of see me doing trans in the city um and I do have a good job you know I wouldn't be able to do trans in the city if I didn't have a haven't good didn't have a good day job you know but people see that and they kind of assume that that you know Oh, just, just, you know, Bobby's fine, doesn't have any problems, all of all of that sort of stuff, you know, doesn't have any, doesn't, doesn't feel rubbish, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and it actually means I get so many trans and non-binary people coming to me when they feel rubbish, <laughs> trying to get me to help, you know, and it's, and it's hard sometimes because it's, you know, I go through as, as many tough times, I think, as, as other trans and non-binary people do. And, um, and maybe, I mean, sometimes maybe I'll go through more because I see more of the rubbish, actually. You know, I get exposed to a huge, huge amount of abuse, but a huge amount of knowledge of that abuse that's happening to other people. So it's, it is really hard. I know, I know there was a time um, um, last, so I spoke at the Stonewall Conference last year, which is, which is brilliant, such a, such a great event. And um and we're there again this year, actually doing a doing a session. But um, uh, I wasn't actually having a great time at the last Stonewall conference because I just come out of that safe to be me thing. There was a few groups in that safe to be me group that were very frustrated with it going wrong, um, and actually gave me a whole lot of abuse from like some of their members gave me a whole lot of really really horrible abuse. Um, for working with the government and trying to do it. And like, it was a whole load of, I told you so, and, and all the rest of the stuff. So I wasn't in a great place at the Stonewall conference. And, um, and um, yeah, Nancy Kelly, who's just amazing. What an amazing woman. And what a really lovely woman as well, you know. Um, she just came to me and said, you know, like LGBTQIA rights, I like carrying a massive, great big boulder uphill. And no matter how much effort you put in, no matter how resilient you are, how able you are to carry it, you'll only be able to carry it for a while before you get flattened with it. And it's at that stage, you need to think about putting it down and let somebody else pick it up and, and carry it forward. And that kind of helped. Um, I mean, I didn't listen, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it kind of helps. I am listening more, you know. I mean, I haven't had a day off in four years. 
Maybe that's the next um that's the next thing on your to-do list then, Bobby, I think probably. Yeah, well I've booked I've I've actually um um I actually got invited over by um um by the people at, in the Stonewall Inn to New York. So I'm going to I'm going to New York with my daughter in a couple of weeks' time, which would be really lovely. And that's my first holiday in, in four years. So that'd be really lovely. But um and I think, it, you know, it's, I think getting trans in the city to the stage where, you know, I've got 16 people now working with me as directors, all doing different work streams, all of them that are, are amazing. I mean, we've got, you know, people like Sky Morden, who's who's the, the, um, the amazing trans woman from um, West Midlands Police. We've got Emily Hamilton. We've got senior members of Google and ex-members of, of BP and Ovo Energy and we've got Eva Echo and Noor Shaker Fayed. Um we've got um Oscar from Blossom. We've got Shay Coffee from Medway Pride. We've got so many real dynamic activists that know so much about the key bits that they work that they have been working in, um, that they're able to take work streams and really push them forward now. So, you know, we're doing like a mentoring scheme that Oscar and Shay are doing, um, where we're going to be getting young trans and non-binary people from corporates and mix them up with young binary, uh, non-binary and trans people from grassroots people, uh, grassroots organisations and fling them together and, and show them how to do effective public speaking, how to give them all of the contacts, give them all, give them all of the, the artifacts and presentation and skills and everything and support that they need to really become the next trans and non-binary champions of the future when old dinosaurs like me finally bugger off. So, so it's, I think this year is, is really the time when trans in the city can really spread its wings and do the things that I wanted to do five, almost six years ago now. But, you know, we didn't we didn't have the money. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the time. Um, and frankly, I didn't have the skills either. You know, it's um, don't tell anybody, but I'm just making this up as I go along. You know, <laughs> and it's, um, it's good. And I'd, I'd really like Trans in City to grow to that stage where, you know, I can sit there and think, well, you know what, maybe it's time for me to put that rock down and I'll hand it over to somebody else and they can take it on and and make it even better, you know, and I'm sure they will. Well, maybe we could even carry everybody together and it's not all on one person's shoulder. <laughs> that would be amazing, wouldn't it? We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Transmission PR podcast. Don't forget to subscribe if you would like more of the same. You can connect with us on social media at TransMPR on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also visit our website, transmissionpr.com, or connect with us on LinkedIn via Transmission PR or Abby Hawker.